that would be a good thing that it's his last season. Maybe a change of ideas is required. Maybe. Hello and welcome back to just another football podcast. No more incomings for Liverpool. No more trophies for Liverpool. We crashed out of the FA Cup. Uh, Arsenal crashed out of the FA Cup. And uh, where are Chelsea right now? I, I I just don't care about Chelsea anymore, George. They already crashed out. They crashed they, out last round. Oh, yeah, do Man City. So, there you go. Yeah. So so the FA Cup is now just another football podcast list because none of our teams are featuring in it anymore. Very so, good. Very good. Well, how are yeah. you, boys? Um, Bored. Quite honestly, it's been a boring weekend. It's been, it it's been quite a boring weekend. I was um, listening to uh, um, Jeffin, uh, James Alfaf for now, obviously uh, the enormous James Alga podcast, and he he was saying when the FA Cup weekend hits, everyone just goes, it yeah, just it is deflates yeah. entirely. Um, but there, there is, yeah. but there is what what an in, what entrance, by the way. Like, oh, welcome to the podcast. We're not going to talk about anything. It was boring, but no, we will, we will. There's stuff that happened. Mainly Liverpool knocked out Arsenal, obviously uh, in a pretty massive game against Man City. I thought it was very fascinating. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. Um, Chelsea boring this weekend. Not making any more signings, although there is news about a couple. Um, so no, there was we'll... a signing. There was, there was a signing. It wasn't yeah. the yeah. They signed the guy from Leon, didn't they? Uh, Gusto, yeah, Gusto. Right, right. Oh, Gusto Oh, yeah. That was that is for next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is yeah. true, true, true. Maybe I'm just yeah. too used to it. I don't know. Um, but anyways, we'll, we'll we'll get to all of that. Roma Napoli are gonna start as we record. So tabs on Tammy is gonna take a little bit of a step back, but Syria has been crazy. It's you remember Bundesliga last week, Syria. This week has been a similar kind of chaos, but let's get into it. Um, we'll start with Arsenal, actually, just mm. to just to get away from Liverpool talk a little You're bit. In chronological order. There you go. There you go. Better reasoning. Yeah. Arsenal. I got to watch the game recorded, so I I kind of caught 15 minutes in the, of the first half. Couldn't catch it all, uh, but watched it recorded knowing the score line and everything and there's actually a article a kind of uh data review of arsenal city up on the man city analytics shameless plug from me there but it was fascinating because first of all just from a season um context this is the first time they've met this season obviously you meet again in two weeks or so and then you meet again yep. in april which is you know, it's gonna go, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna feel a bit back to back because I think these two are gonna remain in the title race together. But tactically as well, I think both teams faced up against each other pretty well. But Arsenal had five changes, City had two. Mm -hmm. Like the, the yeah. team from Arsenal was much more rotated. I feel yeah. like Arsenal fans, having watched it, like knowing the score line already, so it's a bit different. But I think you should be optimistic. Yeah. Don't you think? Given this game and this game alone. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the, the City aspect of it because I had a look at it earlier. So they changed the goalkeeper and uh, Nathan Ake played instead of Laporte. So that mm. was the two changes they made from last time. Obviously, Laporte ends up scoring and Ortega was probably their best player otherwise. So 
you could argue the two changes they made didn't make them any worse. Well, Ake scored. Um, Ake, yeah. Ake scored. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. I, I said Ortega um, made two or three good saves. So, yeah. you know, that they, they both sort of proved their worth in their own ways. Um, and, and with us, I mean, yeah, we made five changes. And then I thought even when... Because we made five changes, then obviously Saliba came on at half time, but then Party went off, and then Erdogan came on, but Saka went off. So it was kind of, we never really had a full, you know, 11 on the pitch at any point. It wasn't like we had six on, and then he puts, you know, three or four on, and it kind of ends up being your strongest team towards the end of the game. There was kind of a quite a relaxed feel to it all from our side. Um, you know, Saka coming off in the 74th minute. I mean, if that's a league game, there's, there's no chance that happens. Um, and De Bruyne went off for them, so it's probably quite important to add that it was played from a relaxed perspective from both sides. But I thought Man City, and I thought they would go strong because I think there was sort of a feeling within their camp that they wanted to chin us here. They wanted to beat us, beat mm-hmm. us well and send a message. And that's not quite what happened. You know, I, I thought that it was a pretty even game. Like, it was tight. It could have been nil-nil, could have been one-nil to us and it ended up being one-nil to them. I didn't want to replay, so like I'm not gutted with the result at all. Um, obviously, I would have wanted to win, but if we weren't going to win, I was sort of quite happy losing by a goal because sort of when I look at our objectives for the season from here on out, obviously, you know, cup competitions that they're, they're a secondary to what's going on in the league, and so if you're going to go out of those competitions, it's how do you do it in the least um, demoralizing fashion possible and mm-hmm. you know losing by a goal to your biggest competitors for the league and the reigning Premier League champions when they make only two changes to their starting eleven, you know, I'm not gonna say it's perfect, but like if you are gonna go out, that's a pretty acceptable way to do so. Mm-hmm. Um so I think if you're looking at what we take out of it, and and I'm sure the manager probably said this to them afterwards, it's you know, we can compete with these guys. I think we proved it last season in that game that we lost 2-1. But that one was more of a feeling that we played kind of at our maximum and on another day probably beat them, but we got a bit unlucky. But that was kind of, if if we play well, we can match them. You know, Friday, my takeaway from it was, mm-hmm. you know, the games will be tight with Man City. That's not to say that we'll win them and they can beat us because they can beat anyone. But we we certainly belong in the conversation. I don't think it's going to be one of those where they just blitz us in both games and, you know, win 15 in a row and romp to the title. I I don't think that's how it will go. Maybe it will because they're Man City, but my takeaway from watching that was we can beat them. We can 100% beat them in the game in, uh, in two weeks' time and we can beat them at the Etihad. And, you know, it, it, it's sort of going to come down to whether we show up on, on, on the night, but... I'm I'm absolutely fine with the way it all played out. I, I have no problem with any of it. See, I wasn't quite sure whether Man City's tactic adapted to Arsenal's press or Arsenal forced Man City to play the way they are. Because ultimately, what what I find the main theme is how Arsenal pressed and how like how high Shaka would go. But previous Man City teams would kind of pop 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 through the press and define themselves straight through on goal or get it to the fullback attract the press get it to i don't know the winger play it in field one two i don't know sterling or sane has the freedom of the wing on their own uh play it across to the other wing comes in and scores whereas this game 
there was an emphasis on... Like, Ortega had the most touches out of any Man City player and attempted, uh, I think, 32 long balls. And yeah, it they was, were very direct. And it, they, they were very direct, but what... Like, Holland would go in... Because you'd press, so Holland would go into that empty space or go left to, like, you know, attract, let's say, Rob Holding uh to to the left and the physical i th- i thought it was a bit of a mismatch rob holding struggle it was yeah right? it was yeah 100 yeah. percent. and uh, he went and stood no. on rob holding every time like he, he, did. he for that half every time they had the ball he would stand on him and that kind of tells you who they've identified as a weak point in the team i think it was mm-hmm. pretty obvious and mm-hmm. you know he's obviously up against someone that's a lot quicker than him a lot better than him probably as strong if not stronger than him like of course it's a mismatch you know i, I actually feel sorry for the guy that like, he just can't <laughs> he, he can't play in, in a team that wants to press high and play high against you know a very very good opposition um yeah. and i think the yellow card he got kind of did us a favor because had he stayed on it, it obviously could have been could have been worse than what it ended up being um mm. and actually i think for saliba to get 45 minutes just playing against Haaland. I know, again, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't the, both teams weren't going at it quite full intensity, but just to kind of get that experience, just to feel it out for the game in a, in a couple of weeks, I think will serve him well and, and serve us well. So um, they were, they would, you know, they, they, they obviously recognised they could get him behind Rob Holding. I mean, it's no, it's a pretty badly kept secret, probably from, from our <laughs> perspective, teams have done it. Um, yeah. But I'd say we did well. Like you got to think about the fact that last time we played Man City away, we lost five nil, and that was with yeah. don't get me wrong. That the team that played that day was a crap team, but that, that was a league game. We were trying to obviously put the best eleven out that we could, and that's what they did to us. Whereas this time, obviously, as you said, we made some changes, and it was tight. Like it, it showed that we can compete with them. Um, and and I don't really see what we have to fear in those two games. As long as everyone's fit and available, mm. I think I think we can beat them. It's not saying we will beat them, you know, that they could easily beat us, as I've already said. But I didn't come away from that game on Friday with any more concerns than I had going into it. You know, I didn't watch that and think, Christ, like, they've got something for us here. There's sort of something I haven't seen in the matchup between the two teams that... I think will cause us problems. It was kind of just what I expected, two good teams going at it. And one, ultimately, when you look at the goal, it comes from them being able to bring on, you know, World Cup winning forward, him having a shot from 30 yards. Yeah. And it goes to a hundred million pound winger who gives it to a 60 million pound <laughs> centre back. Like it, it, but this is what I'm saying. Like that's the only thing I think you could identify between the teams at this moment in time is they have more depth to call upon. And when you look at the players they had on their bench on Friday, and you look at ours, and even when we'd rested a few players, you'd still probably say theirs was was stronger. Yeah. So um, that's yeah. all. But you're we knew that doing, going into it. Yeah, you're clearly doing better than Man City overall uh, this season, given the amount of personnel you have, really, relative to what they have. Bloody hell! But the given your uh, I, my next point leads from your like kind of lack of concern about whatever Man City do next, because what I felt like is apart from those two shots, or great great saves by, by Ortega, they really shut you down. And 
that you didn't when when you were chasing a goal he actually didn't end up having a shot you got into kind of promising places but it would like the pat the cutbacks would go out for a corner or whatever you never actually had one singular shot <laughs> from the point they scored onwards or like from before they scored by i don't know five minutes until the game finished I mean, does yeah. that concern you? No. Because editing Ketia was the one that's playing. He's the only striker they have fit at the moment. Gabriel Jesus is going to come back eventually, but who knows when? When when is he coming back? Is it a month? Uh, I feel we like don't the really know. Is it yeah. A month, but yeah, nobody. I knows think a lot. Yeah, because yeah, uh, three months has been the figure kind of thrown out there, but there, there's not been any official confirmation. Yeah, and how much was... of the three months elapsed? We don't know. Like... We don't know. Yeah. So, all in it. What I would say, I'm not concerned because, okay. as I said, we took we took Saka off when chasing the game. Like, I I really don't. I, I'm not saying we wanted to lose, but like, if we'd really really gone for it, if we'd had our full eleven on the pitch at any point and we hadn't created anything, they didn't create much. They had eight shots. We had five. Like, it was just a it was just a tight game. Yeah. Like, I feel like had we gone one nil up, I don't know if they would have battered us either. It was just one of those games. Both teams kind of plodded along. I think they wanted to batter us at the start, but kind of once it settled into a game pattern, it was quite tight. Yeah. It was quite cagey. They were happy to take a one nil, and you know they're a good side. Like they can do that to you. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah. I'm not saying that I think we'll batter them. It's just that I'm not any more concerned than I was before. You know what you uh, you say about the them starting quickly and then the game getting into a rhythm i think actually arsenal did a really good job of that because like scrolling through twitter before i watched the replay everyone was saying oh tight game cagey game it's interesting how two matching styles face up against each other feel feel each other out when in reality the first 10 seconds had holland holland almost thrown goal and then yeah. having a foul given against him against Rob Holding when I think the foul should have been yeah, yeah. against yeah. Holding. I know. I said that. I said that at the time. Yeah. 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 Uh, but but that, that was a fascinating kind of little thing about it. That probably will mm. be under-discussed, but... Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, commiserations. Uh, That's fine, mate. Couple, we, look. You're the bigger priorities, right? Bigger priorities. I like the FA Cup. But the thing with the FA Cup is we've won it in seasons we've been appalling in. So like, I don't exactly. really use it as much of a measuring stick for where we are at as a club. Like, it's cup football. I mean, look at some of the teams that are going to be in the fifth round. It's entirely dependent on who they've drawn. You know, Arsenal and Chelsea are out. They've played Man City away. I mean, Man City are the best team left in the competition by far. Like, <laughs> it's draw-dependent, yeah. the fact that we're out of... The, of the FA Cup and actually look at it Man City have to play more games they're in the Champions League they're in the FA Cup you know they've got a league game that they have to rearrange that was postponed earlier this season so I don't think it does them many favours still being in it look we'll see how it all pans out but mm. I'm quite happy for them to carry on and we'll you know re rest recover and uh, go again in the league see you in a couple I, of weeks lads. I, I think the only problem with that analysis is is that their depth is just crazy like you've alluded to anyway before it's yeah, just man. They're, they're <laughs> but ours isn't that's my point like we yeah, would have to play exactly. those extra games so, so, so like if you... mm, that, that makes sense but you've still got obviously europe you've still you've still got a, you know one game you've played one game less than, than city in in the league as well league. i just yeah they have i do think I, I, do, I do worry slightly in terms of injuries and just the intensity of, of play. Can you keep it up? Because it is a high-intensity game that, that 
that you do deploy. So it, it'd be really interesting. The matches, I, I think City will edge it in each contest. Whether that means they'll win the league is 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 a completely different um, question. But clearly, you were, in my opinion, City were better. But you weren't you weren't wiped away like like Chelsea uh, were and, and many other teams are. So it was really impressive. Even even though it was a loss, fine. Um, it's, I'm just perfectly yeah, fine with it. Like I just, yeah. I just yeah. don't really but, care that much. City, you know, they've got the best second team in the league, and they played basically a full strength side relative to what he thinks is their best team at the moment. Yeah, and we didn't. Like, what would you expect? What would par for the course be? You'd probably expect to get beat two or three nil if that happens. We got beat one nil. It could have been nil nil, and I, I didn't want a nil nil. So like. I just I struggle to, to to care that much about it. They can carry on. They they can win the FA Cup for all I care. Do what you want, lads. And also, I mean, technically, if you lost, I think if you lost both your your games against City, and you'd still in your hands to win the league. So I mean, yeah, yeah they have a game in hand, lost, and the difference is five points. So exactly, if you get if you lose every game to City in 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 a season, but you win the league. I think you take that. They can, yeah, yeah, exactly. Have the bragging rights, lads. We'll take the title. Brighton 2, Liverpool 1. Jurgen Klopp announces Liverpool will not sign any other player in January, says Fabrizio Romano. Nothing will happen in this transfer window at all. Not at all. It's all good with the squad. Klopp added. Uh, well, hmm. I mean, okay. that's debat- it's debatable. The last line he said, yeah, yeah, the, the squad. Um, uh, yeah, that puts it that puts it very kindly here. That puts it very yeah. kindly. Um, so, my brother actually, we were watching the game earlier today together, and he went like, "Okay, so Liverpool's age profile of midfielders is 37, 32, 30. Uh, 31, 2019. And uh, there's no, there's absolutely no, and Bacetic is 17. There's no one in the squad that's in the prime, in, in midfield. No. Or close. Mm. And it showed. It's not great. It isn't great. Did you, uh, my, my takeaway from watching that today and this might just be kind of a stark assessment of where Liverpool are at. Go on. Like, relative to their recent performances, I didn't even think they were that bad. I'm not saying they played well, but like, if you judge it based on that, how, maybe how they played a few weeks ago against Brighton when they got beat 3-0. I sort of looked at that today and thought, well, I didn't expect much different. Like, Did you think you were going to win that today? I thought it would be a no, tight absolutely game. absolutely not. Uh, you know, I, I, thought, it, I thought Brighton were probably slight favourites, given, you know, that... Liverpool got injuries. They're not playing well at the moment. Brighton are at home. Obviously, they beat you a few weeks ago. The only thing that maybe tipped it a little bit back towards you was obviously Caicedo wasn't playing and he's a mm. very important player for them. Mm. But I sort of looked at that today and thought, yeah, like, Liverpool were fine. But they just aren't... They're not at it. They're not, they're not, they're not at the standards that they've set in, in recent years. And obviously, that's the greater concern at this point in time. I will say I liked... The fact that we had a few sitters, like Salah missed a one-on-one by completely scuffing the ball Yeah. Uh, early on. Gakpo's role was interesting in that he started in the middle, dropped in, and would do a really good jo- job of attracting defenders and 
you know, the classic Dragon Defender with few spaces in behind played in it. Um, mm. there, were, there were a few things, there were a few bits that were slightly encouraging. Um, it depressed me, though, when Mitoma skinned Alexander-Arnold and then played it across the chance what it got. But the Alexander-Arnold got, you know, just simple drop of the shoulder. He's gone. Five mm. minutes later or so, he subbed. And who's brought on? James Wilner, <laughs> right back. James yeah. Wilner. Um, and, yeah, and, then he, and then when you go... I really liked the fact that he, the previous Britain game, came out and said, this is bad, we're bad, we should be doing better, the squad needs more, um, we have to improve, this is the worst I've ever seen us or any team I've ever managed or played in. Like, that was how bad it was. Yeah. To say today that the squad is fine... I don't think he really thinks so. I hope he doesn't. I really, I really hope he doesn't. Um, because we are trophyless. Like, uh, do you think we're gonna? Do we think we have any chance against Real Madrid? Nobody thinks so. Absolutely no one. And if we win against Real Madrid, it's Real Madrid's fault rather than we us winning. Nice and sound. Uh, and it's just and uh, like we say this every single week now. I, I'm just tired of saying it again but the drop off from being quadruple chasers and actually Tiago I think came out early this week and said something about the psychological kind of um, setback of being that near to a quadruple and uh, ending up with quote unquote only the cups mm. it's not an excuse to be this bad though right yeah. Well, the, the, I, I, I think psychologically, I don't think that's where the problem lies. I think genuinely in terms of actual quality, Liverpool have a massive gulf compared to the teams near the top of the, the table. Gomez, I just but don't... But the, the, the don't majority think. of the squad is the majority of the squad that no, almost won the quadruple. I don't think... I think they were overperforming and I think they've been overperforming for, for a few seasons now. I think mm. Gomez was an absolute... Disgrace against Brian today. Oh, Joe Gomez um, is Joe Gomez. The only thing that set him back is the uh, patellar um, tendon injury he got in the England camp. I think before the yeah. Euros. Before that, he was one of the better defenders in world football. I would say <laughs> the him and Van Dijk next yeah. to each other in in nineteen twenty is just never to be forgotten as a Liverpool pairing. It was. The best center back pairing guy I've seen Liverpool at with, I don't know, but yeah, carry on. But yeah, uh, I mean, so, I, God, I, think, I, I think that's fair, but I don't think he's the same player. And I think you look at, oh, definitely, you, you look at Fabinho, same, same story. Oh, he should have gotten a red card, and uh, who oh, else should have gotten a red, a red card? Canate, Canate. Canate. yeah, yeah. two reds there. Yeah. Having said that, out. graceful do... challenges. Mm, I do video, think so. Nate was quite clever there. Um, and I think he is quite a good defender um, compared to the rest of the squad. But when you're bringing on Curtis Jones, who, again, I just don't see a future for him at Liverpool. I don't think he would get the chances that he's been given, afforded to, at any other club in, in the top six. Oh, Potentially, yeah. 
potentially Man United before Casemiro, um, uh, you know, in that McFred era. But I, I genuinely don't believe he's good enough for, for a top four team. I, I really think there's a mm-hmm. real bad quality issue at Liverpool. And to say that they don't need any signings, like Klopp has said, I think it's clearly been communicated from the board that they're going to sell soon. They they don't want to put pump millions and millions into the club, even to you know scale up the value. I think Liverpool is one of those clubs that just stays valuable, valuable no matter what the current squad's condition is like mm. compared to the likes of Newcastle. I know obviously Newcastle invested in Joe Linton and, and, and those sort of players before they sold the club, mm. bumped up a few million. Um, Liverpool don't need to do that to sell for, for a high fee. And I, I think I think that's where the, the direction of the club is going. And I think that's where they need to go in order to compete again, because they, they need investment. Um, even to lose, I know he wasn't part of the squad, but you, you've lost lost Arthur um, on loan. You know, mm-hmm. you've actually you've actually lost squad depth in, mm-hmm. in this, this window. Yep. Obviously, Gap broken in one of the positions where you probably arguably say that you were strongest in. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's- he came in because I think, well, it's it's a five-year contract, so Firmino yeah. leaving plays a part, but there's also, mm. you got to think about, like, why we did it now is Jota and Luis Diaz out on long-term Injured. injuries and how, how, how soon are they going to come back, even Firmino, and how soon can they get up to speed again? So Gakpo coming in fresh, having an amazing start, an amazing World Cup. I think it was sensible to do it now, but not without a midfielder. No. Not without a midfielder. That it's outrageous. It's outrageous. If you're if you're going on about, oh, we want Jude Bellingham, we want Jude Bellingham, we want Jude Bellingham. Well, not not that anybody at Liverpool is saying that. Nobody did. But they clearly pursued him and have done for a year plus and you tried and you couldn't get him in and like how are you still saying the squad is still good as it is when you've tried to sign Jude Bellingham for that long and we won't end up signing him anyways because we're not getting European fall if if Liverpool finish ninth and Real Madrid bid for him and offer him higher wages would he still come to Liverpool he'd be stupid too yeah yeah, you know, and I, I, there's a, to me the issues are starting to get out of the realm of, or not starting. I've, I've actually said this for quite a while, but it's seeming so and so like it is. It's going further, and further away from the realm, from the realm of oh, midfield overhaul needed. Um, you know, we will sign a few players in the summer. Good, all good. It, it, it actually needs a systematic overhaul of sorts, and I don't know how what shape that could be in. I said early on the season that this could be Klopp's last season. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe that that would be a good thing that it's his last season. Maybe a change of ideas is required. Maybe, and the next Ooh. manager should not be Pep Linders. Just shouldn't. Maybe a reset of ideas is needed. I don't know. As as uh, for, Jurgen Klopp is my favorite manager of all time, so it really pains me the, the the very thought that this is his last season is kind of emotionally playing around with me a bit. But 
could need happening. I don't know. Could be the better thing to do. I'd be very surprised. Uh, be very surprised. Yeah, because I just don't think it's going to get any worse than where you are now. Like, what's the worst that you'll finish? Probably eighth or ninth. But what's the worst that can happen in the summer? And go for Jude Bellingham and not get him in, and then panic buy. But like, even then, I just don't. Like, he won't go anywhere. He won't walk out. He's already made that clear. So they have to sack him. And the fans would see the owners gone far sooner than see him gone. Whether that's correct or not, you know. Yeah, I'd it say rem- so. It remains to be seen, but like, there's no appetite for him to get sacked. People are critical of him and decisions he makes. Like he's he's like any manager; they can get stuff wrong. You know, I think there's been a bit of a stubbornness this season to to adapt. Like it's clear what's happening in in midfield. It's clear how easy Liverpool are to play through and get onto onto the back four. And yet, there's not really been any kind of ad- addressment of that. You mm. continue to try and play high. Continue to try and press teams and you know you, you you've been too easy to play through and i don't think he's i think he's been too stubborn to to adapt that so this yeah. isn't to say he's with without criticism but i i just think that there's far more that there are far more things at the club at the moment both with the playing squad and with the owners that fans want to see changed before the manager and, and, and I just don't see that changing between now and the end of the season. I yeah, like, I there's agree. nothing that could happen. Like, what's going to happen? You're going to go out the Champions League to Real Madrid. No, we know that will happen. But I'm saying, what, what, what's the... Okay, in a worst-case scenario, you do that. You're out the other two cups and you come <laughs> eighth. You know, it's a bad season. It's a shocking season. But like, I don't think that gets from the sack. But, but which, mm. at what point do you go, this is Liverpool? It's not good enough. You know, like, Klopp has in my mind, trying to think back, has never proven that he can rebuild a squad. He's proven that he can build build a squad. But he's never uh, stayed long uh, enough to do that. He's kind of always just saying. reached the end of a cycle and then left. It's whether they're... And I, and I, like, it's whether they think that that is a determining factor and means he has to go, or whether you're willing to go, OK, this squad had clearly put a lot into the previous season and the years before that. You know, there was a physical drop-off. They've lost players in midfield. They lost Mane. Like, th- th- there's factors that contribute towards that. Give him this window. And if there's no marked improvement, you know, going into the next season, then you've probably got a decision to make. I just don't see it happening before then. I can see him walking before. I know he, he said he won't. And yeah, but I, I don't I don't believe Klopp. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's, still, I, there's still three months and a bit to go. For things to change in his mind, perhaps. But I just don't, like, what's the worst that's going to happen, though? Like, well, seriously, yeah, you're not going to get relegated, are you? It's well, just... we're not getting relegated. It's not going to be that but bad. That's my point. It's like, what's going to happen? You'll have a bad season. You're having a bad season at the moment. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. I wouldn't want him you know? to. I would want, I would want him to I would uh, trust yeah. him to, you know, get things. You know, whether he again. has, like, he might have reached the end of a cycle. Like, I'm not saying he hasn't. I just don't think there's a scenario where the owners take that decision that he, that he's that he's hit his glass ceiling and yeah. needs a fresh voice, even if that might be true. Yeah, and, and the other thing, and th- this will sound a bit like YouTube fan channel, you know, ranty, but do the owners even care anymore because they want to sell? Like, They've, they've said yeah. they've, they've put up the club for sale and then, oh, we're going to just sell a minority share and then, oh, we're just going to sell the whole thing and then, uh, and the, everything is just conflicting right now. And uh, if they do want to sell, it's yeah. like, do they even care enough to 
I don't know. Take this. No, you let you, you let the new owners come in and pay him off for his you know services till twenty twenty six. You don't do that yourselves. Yeah. Why would you? Exactly. If you're looking for a sale in the short term. On top of that, they absolutely want to sell. I, I think any owner that doesn't want to sell, when rumours come up that that there's you know talks of you know selling shares or whatnot, they would instantly dispel that. I think it's very clear that FSG now want out. Um, probably because of the the super super league um, situation where the, there was a massive disconnect there, and they don't yep. see a future in terms of commercially moving forward um, with Liverpool, or at least they they didn't have the freedom they they once thought they did at a club like Liverpool. Um, so I think they'll be selling within the next sort of 12, 18 months. It's hard to sell a football club. But that's the other thing. It's very, very difficult to sell a football club. I know it sounds easy yeah. with, with multiple bidders, but... Oh, yeah. It, it just Chelsea, doesn't... yeah. Chelsea and Newcastle have both proven that actually it's not a swift process and it's pretty disrupting, um, you know, in, in the short term in terms of results. Uh, and more disrupting than, than than you might might initially think. So it, it's mm. not going to be a good period for new uh, for Liverpool until they they get this all sorted. Um, hopefully for their sake they keep Klopp. I, I do think he is the right man for the job. I just I just question in football with such short tenures. When is the time? When do owners make those decisions? And it's often pretty soon, pretty quickly. Yep, we'll see. We'll see. Um... I just want this season to be over, really, at this point. I'm just absolutely so I. dreading so the rail. Stop the oh, yeah. I'm just absolutely dreading the Real Madrid game at this point. I, I, I have a really bad feeling. Uh, we're going early in, into Europe uh, because, you know, things happened that lead to other things happening in the Premier League. Uh, you'll see what I mean. Uh, but quickly, Bundesliga... Bayern Munich have drawn their last three games, which means... That they'll win you... the league by 15 points, not 25. Yeah, aren't they? Exactly. Well, they're, they're, they are leading by just the one point now. Um, oh. Union Berlin are still second. 36. Obviously, Bayern Munich 37. RB Leipzig 35. Dortmund 34. Freiburg 34. Frankfurt 32. So we have you have all teams in a European place that are actual mathematical title contenders. Just five points between first and sixth. Uh, Frankfurt are the ones that got the draw actually at Allianz Arena uh, with Jan Zomer in goal. It just seems like whenever Jan Zomer is in goal for in a Bayern Munich game, he just they just can't win. Um, yeah, Mönchengladbach were always they're kind of. Um, What's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Help me out. They're bogey team. They're bogey team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. then, then what, what do you do if you can't beat him? Buy him. And then they can't win, which I find quite funny. <laughs> um, Tammy, we, we went too early today, uh, recording-wise, because Tabs on Tammy is not happening yet. Uh, Rome are playing. It just kicked off, actually, against Napoli. Massive, massive game between uh, first okay. and sixth, but... If Napoli win, it's confirmed, isn't it? But Rome could jump ahead of Milan into fifth and Atalanta in fourth and Lazio in third and become third because third, fourth, and fifth have 38 points. 
Rome have 37. They'd, each, they'd actually be equal on points to enter. Why that is, is because of the following results. Are you ready? Wait, I'm not ready yet. I'm just pulling up the results now. Uh, <laughs> Juventus nil, Monza 2. Yeah, I saw that earlier. Milan 2, Sassuolo 5. Yeah. Uh, Milan are uh, a, a absolute Bad. shadow of their yeah. year old self. Well, not as much as Liverpool. Like the drop off is not as big as Liverpool, but it's similar. It's similar. Sassuolo hadn't won their last eight games and then just went to San Siro and scored five. Five. Mental. The, it, apparently, uh, Milan have uh, had their uh, backup keeper, Tatarishana, play for, for a long period of time. Yeah, he's been injured the other... For, well, I can never pronounce his name, but he, he, I remember him missing the games against Chelsea. That's how long it's been. Mike Mannion, I think it's... it's there you the go, Mike Mannion. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll see what happens with the Roman Apple game. Actually, I'll put the result now. Congratulations to the winner. Okay. Um, what else do we have? Oh, Juventus losing while Weston McKinney is gone. Leads us nicely to transfers. Uh, Weston McKinney left uh, Juventus uh, for Leeds United. Apparently rejected loads of early clubs, including Aston Villa. Uh, I think... Who else? I don't remember. But, I think uh, Forrest. Forrest tried to hijack it, I think. Yeah, not a good force. Um, but apparently Jesse Marsh. Yeah, they're, they're trying to sign the United States men's national team, Leeds United, as well. Uh, it's about Leeds is about to become the 51st state and all that. Apparently, Jesse Marsh told Weston McKinney about, like, detailed, you know, short-term plans for him and long-term plans for the club. And thusly, Weston McKinney was convinced, but I struggled to, I struggled to think it was any other reason rather than, oh, I get to play next to Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson, like, you know? Wants I, to play I really struggle to want, I'm telling you, he wants to play for a manager that has such cutting, insightful analysis as the goals are in the middle of the pitch. They're not at the top. <laughs> oh. You know, who wouldn't want to play for them? Okay, can I defend I mean, this? Can I defend this? I mean, no, not really. You can't really defend that. Uh, um, I mean, no, he's I right. because He is. That's the first thing to say. Second thing to say is... He was merely, and I and I know Jesse Marsh has done below par so far at least, and I think you know I'd be stupid to say otherwise. But what he was saying is, in a very simplified way, in probably an oversimplified way, is that he likes to play a narrow structure and play likes to play through the middle, and you know that's a Red Bull philosophy in and of itself. You, you're aggressive, you're trying to bring the ball back as soon as possible and just go down the middle and... Have, have you seen his, um, have you seen his, like, footballing principles thing that, that got leaked on Twitter? I don't know. I don't think it's, it's I don't think from. that's a bad thing either. Have I mean, you seen I, it, though? I, I do. Have, have you seen it? I have. I have. Can you tell me what pumping is? Uh, like that. Like, like that. Like, you press. Because I've I, honestly, I've heard a lot of footballing terminology in my time. I've never ever. There's a couple of things I thought were wrong. Firstly, I've never heard what pumping is. Secondly, yeah, um, joining the swarm. Now I don't know if George sort of is common to this footballing terminology, but 
bees around the honeypot. It's something you're encouraged not to do as a junior footballer, right? Spread out. Don't just all run towards the ball. So why we've got a professional manager encouraging that, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure, to be honest I think it's, uh, it's more about you, the, well, the press, quote-unquote, structure and how many players... Pre- uh, join the press so you might go and if a center back has the ball you might double up or triple up on the center back which is obviously dangerous like i'm 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 not saying this is a good thing but um it's again it's like i don't know he's the one that manages them every week who knows what he's saying to them and i no, honestly exactly. don't think that the like i think the players are kind of like if you see the Propaganda, sense. mate. It's propaganda what he's spreading. I mean, I do like his interviews. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. If I was a Leeds fan and and he was sort of coming out every week and going on about how well they've played when they're on, you know, there were two wins in the last twenty or whatever it is. I don't think I'd quite take take to being told how well we've played. I must be honest with you. Um, CFJC's yeah. Twitter. Uh, listen, he'll tell you that, mate. He'll tell you that. Yeah, they'll tell you that. Uh, all right. We uh, we had a poll, speaking of transfers, continued. We had a poll yeah. on the uh, Twitter, on the Twitter page, at Jaff underscore pond, J-A-F underscore pond. Uh, please feel free to go and follow that. We are nearing 100 follows. Um, oh, I've just opened the page, and uh, Evan Ferguson left the stadium on crutches. Fergal will be absolutely fuming because that that probably means a good extended he's period. Tight, he's, he's a tidy prospect. He's, he's he quite good as well. I'm honestly gutted, man. Um, but yeah, poor results. The new Newcastle United player as of this afternoon. Uh, Anthony Gordon for forty-five million pounds. The question was: fewer players divide opinion than Anthony Gordon. What do you think his level is? Top six Premier League, mid-table Premier League, lower Premier League slash top Championship or Championship level? What would your answers be, guys? I, I've just pulled it up to look what my answer was. Actually, um, oh, I didn't did you vote on it, George? No, I didn't. But I, I've, oh, got, I've got, got an opinion. On, I've got an opinion. Okay. Yeah. So George, George, give it, give us your opinion because I'm interested how this compares to what I voted. Gone. Yeah, I would, I would say he, uh, right now he's a lower Premier League relegation side player. Mm. In the future, he could probably be the equivalent of um, trying to think of of someone of his ilk. Maybe I don't know Stuart That's Downing. Sh- oh, Stuart Downing. Ooh. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Stuart Downing. He, he, got, he got a few. He got a few England caps, didn't he? Uh, actually, uh, he, yeah, it's just a, uh, yeah. he's not the first name that would have come into my head. I well, like exactly, yeah. because he's just bang average, mid-table, dr- not dross, because he's a Premier League player, but but just oh. just mediocrity, not, right? Yeah, yeah. He's been quite consistent with this, George. I remember when we were talking about him last year. He's oh. like, I don't rate him. Thank mm-hmm. God Chelsea did sign him for 70, 80 million that we were <laughs> planning on. Oh my I know, God. I, do you know what? I saw people saying on Twitter like how good business it is from Everton. I was like, it is, but they were being offered more in the yeah. summer, which they turned down. So, Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Chelsea were offering more than 45 million, which is what they've ended up Where getting. Where were we actually? Window. Yeah, where were we actually? I mean, Chelsea are offering fucking for everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you never yeah. know quite what's going on with them. But yeah, I've got my answer here, so I'm going to show it to the camera. But before I do, mm. do you care to get? Because I did vote sincerely here. What do you reckon I would have said? Championship. I think you said mid-table. 
Mid-table. You think I've said championship? One of you is right. I don't know if you can see that there. Mid-table. I think you mid-table. said mid-table. 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 Second okay. one up. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm uh, glad that you ignored the typo. That, uh, that was mod table. That's mod part of table. why I clicked that. Yeah. Oh, really? um, okay. That's probably why based... won. It was the winning option by 38.7%. So yeah. you were the majority there. I think... I think he needs coaching. I think that's the one thing I sort of look at him and think. He's raw. He's got... That's really. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say talent, but I sort of I look at him and think with the right coach, and I think Eddie Howe is a good coach. Like he's he's in a yeah. good side there. I don't think he's good enough to walk in that Newcastle side, which if they continue to be in the top four, is you know they've looked like sort of continuing all season. Yeah, I don't think he's. But then again, you sort of look at that and like, is he a worse player than you know Almiron would have been considered at the start of this season? Is he a worse player than Sean Longstaff, who starts games for them every week? You know, is he, is he much worse than Joe Willock? Like, um, this is my mm. point. I think with those guys are being coached to their absolute maximum levels. Anthony Gordon hasn't been. You know, he's had mm. Frank Lampard, which with all due respect, he's not a top coach. So I think what you've got to say is he's shown enough, I think, to, to warrant a move, whether it's to a you know, top four side at the moment, is a little bit too far. I don't think he's had a particularly good season either. But... Mm. I think I, I would say that he is a player with the right coach that is at least mid-table level. I don't think he'll ever be top six. I'd be very, very surprised if he's ever considered. He, he sort of, I think, will fall into that category at Newcastle that when, they, when they're looking to kind of kick on and go to the next level, and I know that sounds mm-hmm. silly when they're in the top four at the moment, but they've got players there at the moment who you sort of look at and think, yeah, like they're in the next group of guys we're looking to move on. And I think Anthony Gordon's kind of one of those you look at and think, yeah, he'll get us to a point, but I don't think he'll quite last the journey. I think you lose players along the way, and he'll probably be one of them. Mm. I think, yeah, on that, I think he he'll be good for the Champions League English registration, um, and that's probably as far. He's better than Jacob Murphy. Um, I think that's that's like like you know Harry was saying. Into yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's another one. He's better than yeah. him. Yeah, he's better, he's better than the players that the you know at the club and he, he's just that next step up and, and eventually he'll just become a bench player for Kylian Mbappe um but yeah we'll see where it goes I did vote lower Premier League top championship but I do agree with the fact that he hasn't had good coaching in his, ser- his senior career so far uh mm-hmm. and I mean it lo- it's looking like Sean Dyche is going to be the new Everton manager yeah even though Dyche had Dwight McNeil at some point. Not exactly sure that would be. If he's looking to be a winger that is, you know, that dribbles well, that takes good decisions on the ball, that can, you know, find a pass to a striker. Uh, Sean Dyche plays a kind of kind of a different game where the winger's function is to cross the ball to two strikers. So, yeah, it's a good move for Anthony Gordon for sure. Early on in his career, he's twenty-one. Previously, I was saying that Anthony Gordon is too good for Everton. He still is because Everton are just that bad. But I didn't. I don't rate him yet at all. And I think it's. I think it's a. It's way overpriced. Forty-five million. Um, yeah, it feels a lot for what he's produced this season in particular. But then again, you sort of look. Last season, he showed. I think you could sort of look at it and go, there was a small enough sample size that he'd shown enough in to project. He still wasn't a forty-five million player. Don't get me wrong; like absolutely yeah. nowhere near. You'd say he was worth that to Everton, 
This season he hasn't been. He's not even been regularly starting games for them. So I think they'll be delighted to get a shot of him for that amount. Mm. Like, no doubt, given the financial trouble they're in, I think they probably wish they took the offer in the summer. But obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I like... <laughs> As I said, he can he could probably be a decent player for Newcastle. They've definitely got worse players there than him. But he's this is the problem with the forward market. This is the problem when you honestly any player that shows just a little bit of talent gets bought yeah. for seventy million now. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. So you get a guy that's not even shown that, but obviously yeah. the you know selling club don't want to sell, and it just becomes about what they want, and and a club is willing to pay that. And in in this case, it's Newcastle. Yeah. Um, the forward market's crazy. It's, it's absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a tweet about Randall Colomwani scoring against uh, Byron. One hundred million. I saw a tweet. Yeah, I, I saw a tweet that was like, "Oh, Randall Colomwani just raised his price by ten million. Come on, man! <laughs> Come on! Ah, uh, I, I do miss the days when a really good like Salah went to Liverpool for thirty five, and it was like a price like it was it was a, a lot of money at the time yeah no i mean Damn 50 you, million yeah. 50 million is the new 30 and and kind of so on 70 million is the new 50 like yeah. everything's been pushed up in in market yeah. value with yeah. transfer fees uh, but yeah the poll result was uh, mod table slash mid table premier league one out by 38.7 interestingly second place was top six premier league 27.4 uh, if People really did click on my table just for the sake of the typo and haha funny. Top six w- could have gotten more points. Uh, lower Premier League slash top championship was third, 24.2. There's 9.7% of the voters that think he's championship level. Uh, so, well, uh, listen, yeah, prior really to the move, he probably was. They are a championship side Everton at the moment. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him. I think we'll start to see what he truly can do next season, though. Because um, Newcastle are a good place right now. I don't think he'll, they'll you know, involve him in a lot of game time, I would imagine. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, I think it's time for us to go choose a short king of the week. Uh, I have two in mind. That's Aaron. Either Tariq Lamptey or Mitoma again, because Mitoma's finish was sensual. Mm. It was it was crazy. I've I've never seen a composure like that in that circumstance with the situation he was in in the box. That's different. That is different. Yeah, he's pretty good. He'll be the next one from Brighton, where they're you know getting. Probably eighty million from plus, which sounds oh, ridiculous yeah, when they pay two and a half. But yeah. I, I mean, I you do... can't deny it. Like, the levels he's showing are just absolutely they're crazy. I mean, uh, uh, people should be reading his thesis on uh, on, on dribbling. How to dribble. Is it yeah. how to dribble? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's he's doing all right, isn't it? Yeah, he is. Uh, I think he's gonna be one of those players in five years' time where he's like in the world eleven every year. He's that good. But um, yeah, yeah I, I think Mitoma deserves my vote again, to be honest. But that I don't know. I'm I'm kind of thinking, oh, let's give it to Tori Glamty because it's another player. But Mitoma can't not win it for me. What's the threshold that we've decided on for short king? Um, I think we went six foot goalkeepers. 
right. five foot eleven like center backs, and then rest of the pitch you have to go five right. nine is yeah. Five Ooh, nine that's is. the oh man. I think so. one at five. Uh, maybe I found we, one can, at five. we can push it to I, we can push it to five eleven. All outfielders, okay. six foot okay. goalkeepers, because there's a difference I, in perception between. I'm pushing the boat out. A li- I'm pushing the boat out a little bit here. Go on. But I just think it deserves a mention because mm. I, I like I've not seen anything like it in quite a lot. It's got to be Moises Caicedo and what he dropped on Friday night. I mean, I just <laughs> have you ever seen? No, like genuinely, I've seen footballers like don't get me wrong, dangling for a move on social media yeah. and playing. I'm mean, sort of Mudrick a few weeks ago. What I haven't seen at any point, and I need to pull this up just to make sure I read it correctly, is the part where he goes. I'm proud to bring in a record transfer fee for Brighton, which would allow them to reinvest it and help the club continue to be successful. But we've not even agreed a deal yet. I mean, he's talking like he's done a medical and he's held the shirt up and it's going to be announced tomorrow. I mean, it's bonkers. It's bonkers to the point that like we couldn't actually confirm whether it was definitely Arsenal he's talking about. Because like Chelsea did bid for him earlier in the window and obviously the timing of it which suggests that it is, it is us because we bid for him that day and he's obviously come out and said that. But it's just crazy. And then he's talking about them reinvesting it. I mean, it's the end of the window. <laughs> the, the window closes in two days. I mean, it's yeah, the summer, bonkers. Harry, the summer, the summer. Bonkers. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what a man. I mean, if that gets him a move to the Arsenal, then he's my short king of the week, man. There's definitely no bias there at all. If, but he is 5'10". If we'll know by next week if that has happened. Uh, I mean, yeah, probably we'll have like a deadline day. I, I'm just waiting for the uh, kind. Uh, David Ornstein Monday mailbag tomorrow morning, which just says, mm-hmm. says the deal's done. I mean, you know, I'm just counting down the hours, lads, to be honest with you. So, does your vote go for Moises Caicedo, or are you afraid that Chelsea get it? My vote goes for him, but I have to be honest, like, because he's five foot ten, Chelsea aren't getting him. Chelsea yeah. are going for Enzo Fernandez. I mean, if they get him and Enzo Fernandez, I think oh, I might Oh, yeah, just they're quit. going all out for him, aren't they, again? 120 million. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I might just give up on football if they, you know, take their spending north of six hundred million for one season. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's a little bit distasteful, you know. But yeah, uh, just a little. Yeah, just teeny tiny. We won't open that can of worms this close to the end of the podcast. Exactly, George. Who's your short king? I think for me, it's got to be Lampard. Uh, I think he's so short. He is so short. He's 5'4". Like, yeah. how is he even a footballer? He is so <laughs> short. I think you just get it for just getting through the academy at 5'4". Like, that is wow. incredible. He is so, so... And he, and he is very good. And I thought he was yeah. very good against football. So, yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think Lamptey should get it. You know what? I'll go with it. Derek Lamptey, I don't I'm, think I'm, there's I'm, many I'm, more I'm, chances for such a short king um, of, of such size to win yeah. it uh because he will take some beating in terms of shortness yeah exactly he will that's uh, quite something Insigne, he insinia must insinia, be plays for toronto pal insinia is insinia plays for toronto is, is toronto what? finished bottom of the conference last or no next bottom to dc united yeah okay Derek lamptey it is short king of the week congratulations congrats, congrats. uh well deserved well deserved win for brighton um and I, yeah, I don't, I, I, I really just hope that next week I don't have to come on here and say, 
more bad things about Liverpool. And I feel like that's every time we finish the podcast, I finish it in that way. And then next week, something just as bad happens. We lose 3-0 yeah. to Brighton, and then we go again two weeks later. We lose to Brighton yet again and confirmed pretty much trophyless. And, oh, we don't need any more signings, do we? Of course we don't. Of course we don't. Okay. Um, this is a quick score update, just live. Napoli have taken the lead against Roma. Congratulations. Champions of Italy, Napoli. Champions of that. Victor Osimhen assisted by Gvaradona. All right. See you guys. Next time, we will have yeah. finished the transfer window. Lots of mad stuff could happen. And uh, I really look forward to next week then uh, because there, there might be more to talk about than bother covering, up, uh, covering Liverpool again. Okay. Have a better week than Liverpool. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.